Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Nevers episode six. There is so much to talk about today. We're going to get into it. Plus, we are talking to Laura Donnelly and Zachary Amomo, also known as Amalia True and Horatio Cousins. Let's get into it, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Touch Base, HBO's official podcast for the Nevers. There's so much to talk about today. Oh my God, this episode was a doozy. We have so much to discuss. Plus, as I mentioned at the top, we have Laura Donnelly, who plays Amalia, and Zachary Momo, who plays Horatio, joining us for an interview later this episode. We're your hosts. I'm Barbara Dunkelman. I'm Jessica Vasami. And today we are joined by the fabulous Charlotte McGrath once again to talk about episode six. Charlotte! I'm back. You can't keep me away. We tried. <laughs> Excited yeah, no. that you're back, Charlotte. Can't wait Just, to... You were on what? Episode two with us? Two, yeah. Despite your best efforts, I have found my... Weaseled my way back into the touch base. Uh, Absolutely. As soon as I saw episode six, I marched down the hall to your office that you both share uh, at the <laughs> office we all still all go to, and I banged on the door and i was like you have to let me on because i love <laughs> time and space and <sighs> and there was a lot of that this episode in spades certainly so so the opening of the show um i'm sure you guys were just like me and you had to like pause the episode and be like am i watching the correct show right now like did you double check that you were watching the nevers For the first few minutes i was like am i watching the right thing i i'm you know, I obviously it's a very different feel to the rest of the season and how it's been. And it's a different era as mm -hmm. well, which is takes you back for a second. And then I started to think about the show and how it's thrown us in so many different loops that I started to realize this is the show. Mm -hmm. And this is yet another unexpected twist that they're just you're jumping right in right at the start. Right now. Right. Yeah. And we learned that this opening scene is a dystopian future, basically. Yes. Yeah. And that it, it all revolves around this thing that we've been talking about all season long, which is the Galanthi. Mm -hmm. And we finally mm -hmm. realize it's essentially an alien, alien species, still kind of uncertain there. Mm -hmm. But at least we know a little bit more about what they were referring to as the Galanthi. Yeah, that, it's some kind of something. And that the humans are basically just trying to survive. And that the planet, our planet, is dying. Um, there's a lot of, um, I know Knitter was saying that there's a lot of famine and floods and terror storms and stuff like that. So um, clearly the planet is in a lot of help and apparently the Galanthi can save it. Or so That's we hope. Very yeah. so. depressing. Hopefully. Future. It is. Sure. Not great. Could you imagine living in some high-tech time where there's famines and all sorts of issues and storms. We'll be long gone by then, hopefully. <laughs> oh, God. To think. If, Unless if, we get transported into another dimension or time yeah. or space. Who knows? Yeah. And, you know, we actually, because I know that, you know, from episode one, we were speculating and trying to figure out what are the 
kind of orb-like things that were falling from the sky. We learned that now they are called spores. They actually have a name, um, which I was it's very... beautiful dust from the sky, <laughs> as we refer to it probably in episode one. <laughs> I was very relieved to finally have some sort of name attached to that and kind of figure out what that was. So we've learned a lot in this episode, one of which was very surprising to me, is that the Galanthi uh, form these attachments to the people taking care of it. Mm-hmm. And we later found out it was being that. tortured by having these people be killed in front of it mm-hmm. as a way of like getting answers out of the Galanthia or, or talking to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was super tragic and very uh, graphic to see all those naked bodies hung up there, just bloody. Yeah. So do we think so? Was that the free lifers that were torturing the. Um, Explain that to me, because that's part maybe I'm a little confused on. Yeah, I, so from what I gathered watching it, I believe the Free Lifers came and killed these people or tortured them in front of the Galanthi mm-hmm. in order to make the Galanthi miserable and want to stop this from happening or, or give them answers in some sort of capacity mm-hmm. um, because the Galanthi cared about the people taking care of it. And, yeah. Yeah. So and we it, see it, in the... We see in those files, um, one of the other scientists that I guess, unfortunately, was killed, had a very playful relationship with uh, the Galanthi, which was actually really cute to see. But we move forward and we jump into Molly's backstory, Amalia Molly, uh, before she was Amalia. And what do you guys think about that? What do you think about Molly's backstory? Tragic. Yeah, Tragic. it's it's sad, and then it's made sadder by the fact because as I was figuring out how the rules of this all worked with like mm-hmm. Zephyr, as we know her, being like transported into Amalia's body, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, do they, they coexist or like is she melding with the other one? And then I was like, <laughs> no, I think she did jump in that river and die. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so every yeah. time she's like. This is God's plans for us. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, but you'll be a badass superwoman. And then yeah. it's actually no, <laughs> that she just has a miserable Victorian life. And uh, that's it. Yeah. I, <laughs> so. you know, and that time, a lot of women in that time did. I mean, I can't, there's that one, I forget what episode it was, but it, it might have been episode five is when Amalia and Penance throw on the stairs kind of having an argument. And she was just like, you know, I'm here. And as a woman, and I could, you know, get murdered just for having a voice, you know, Mm -hmm. again, all of this is just crashing down inside my brain and all the pieces are now forming together. But yeah, Yeah. it is sad for Molly and her having to marry a man that she clearly did not love as well. Yeah, it just didn't have a very fulfilling or happy life. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still impressive to me that she kept the last name true. Mm. And I was actually quite surprised by that. I, there was a moment when they introduced, um, you know, the, the guy she married, his mother, and said, like, Mrs. True. And I was like, oh, does she become her? And like, there's a moment where I just, <laughs> oh, wait, she married him. That's why her last name is True. Okay, now it's yeah. making sense. I yeah. thought for some reason, like, yeah. the old lady was going to be her in the future. It was just like, <laughs> my brain started doing all types of gymnastics at that point. Oh, moment. yeah, definitely. I was like, when I saw the old woman, I was like, this reminds me of Amalia. And I'm like, but this is so far in the future. And I was like, what if Penance's turn made civilization advance so much <laughs> faster? And then I was like, oh, no, it's not that at all. <laughs> One of my favorite moments, though, of the entire series so far is when this character, Zephyr, 
gets mm. put into Molly's body mm-hmm. and you hear this like really crass American accent coming out of our <laughs> beautiful precious Amalia. That was, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was so I was just entertained the entire time. And her yeah. learning a British accent and how yes. to fit in in that society was very impressive. I don't know if I could do it in the amount of time she did it in. Yeah, which I mean, we also find out that uh, Dr. Cousins was pretty much one of the first people to know about Amalia. She told her story to him and then also was there when he learned that he had um, also been touched with his healing. Magic hands. Yeah, which is very interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that went on in this episode. I also quickly wanted to touch on seeing Malady or Sarah finally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in her Sarah form in this episode mm-hmm. and how Dr. Haig came to this mm-hmm. mental facility and talked to them. And we don't know what his conversation with Sarah was like, but I mean, yep. And, 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 the and of the yeah. And what really happened between um, Amalia or well, Molly, and Sarah at that time, because I think it was episode one in the factory, you know, or was it two? Either episode one or episode two, Two. where they kind of confront each other, and we have that moment, yeah, of um, where she calls her, Molly, for the first time, and asks, like, why did you do this to me? And and it was all answered, thankfully. And then, of course, the one of the last things that happens in the episode that we see, which is I think really exciting for us is the return of Beth, who saved Amalia mm-hmm. in that moment. She was one of the people that, you know, was being worked on by um, Dr. Haig. And we don't we never really got any answers as to who those people are working down there, because, I mean, we assume that they are the patients, I guess we could call them, of Dr. Haig. Um, but like who when he is touched. Exactly, exactly. And so when he is working on their brains, what happens to them after? And I think like in a previous episode, I had mentioned, oh, maybe he takes away that, I guess, power or turn away from them. Um, But it was very interesting. We see here that Beth still does have her turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the end did, yeah, save Amalia. So now I guess whatever testing he's doing is not Mm -hmm. taking away their their turn. Yep, which is right. good good to know yeah because yeah they do say that spores as they exist in the future are like those people are uh emph- emphatically or you know they are more compassionate it's not like they yeah. have little superpowers mm-hmm. but it's about awakening a part in the brain so i'm mm-hmm. guessing that there must be some comparable part of the brain that dr haig is looking for i, I don't know but yeah that, that's my guess yeah and even like amalia in dr cousin's um office was even like you know where she comes from, Zephyr, it, it does make them more compassionate, more understanding, all of that. But in this time, um, it's different. And she's like, I'm I'm confused, too. <laughs> so it's like, OK, well, I guess we all are. Well, but, uh, speaking of Amalia, or should we say Zephyr, now that we know, uh, we should dive a little deeper into her because she had the biggest episode of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, I know we've been referring to her as Zephyr, but we we know her full name now. And then, you know, it's it's remember that episode uh where Amalia's in the carriage with um the Bigger King and she's like, mm-hmm. This is not my face. You know, all, all those questions. And now we know why. it's Zephyr. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> I get it. I, yeah. I see now. I understand. I see everything. I see the code. I know. Okay. Yes. We're in it. Zephyr uh. Alexis Naveen, yeah. So yeah. beautiful name. Rolls right off like, the tongue. 
it brings into clarity a lot of things. Like when she kept talking about like the time she spent in war and the things mm-hmm. she's seen, I was always like, I feel like they didn't really let women get up to that back then. Like that wasn't that wasn't yeah. part of it. And and now I understand that's not what she was talking about, but Yeah. And it was those yeah. like little things that she would say, like in that conversation at the opera with um Lord Masson. Uh, and he was like, well, how do you know that I'm a, I was in the war? And she's like, I can tell it's, it's in the eyes. Like all those little small things are now, they all have added up to this Where, episode. Like, previous Molly would have no idea. She'd probably be like, oh, very well. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, like yeah, being right. very proper. Would you like polite. a bottle of scotch? A yep. Yeah. yep. And then obviously Which... all of her badass fighting skills. Yeah, Which finally cool. it, it all clicked. As you said, Charlotte saw the code in that moment where I was like, that's why she could fight. It's because she's this badass soldier from the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this tiny little frame. Yeah. And, you know, that she, uh, by the end of it, has truly in- embraced this role of the the leader of, I guess, the orphanage. And, and she's going to tell everybody at the orphanage the truth. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to go down. I mean, so far, everybody's been pretty, you know, Horatio and and Penance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so, so glad that things are, are finally coming together in the way that I love that the series does, where it, it kind of gives you a very straightforward answer. Like she talks about how she doesn't know what her mission is. And it's true because she Mm -hmm. was transported back to this time period in this body of this person she doesn't know to do something that she's not quite sure of. Yeah. With, from the Galanthi who put her mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I was running the whole time. I'm like, how do you not know? How do you not know what you're supposed to be doing? You're right. I was 100%. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, how, how do you not understand this? I mean, because to in, in Zephyr's mind, she was, you know, going to kill herself. She drank all that toxic stuff. Mm-hmm. So right. next thing she knows, she's waking up in like the Victorian era. Um, in, where, in the body of someone yeah. else who was trying to kill themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, I love how Dr. Cousins was just like, well, I mean, it, the body wasn't being used. I was like, touche. Might as well use it. Here we go. Yeah, not really. Here she is. Yeah. I yeah. I thought that her struggle to lead and have what something to work towards was metaphorical. And I was like, you know what, yep. sister, I, I feel you. I've been mm-hmm. there. I got it. And it's like, oh, no, you literally were waiting on directives from an alien creature deep below <laughs> uh, the city that you've been sent from the future to. Got it. Yep. And and yep. I also say to that, sister, I hear you. Yeah. I, I've been there. That's such a mood, right? 2021. Right. We're all oh just waiting God. for alien orders to come in. Yeah, I'm waiting to, to just drill straight down into the ground and just be like, I drank a lot. I ate coolant and <laughs> I, went, I took fiend and and the glanthy and i just don't know what's gonna happen next and sure then you get admitted to a medical ward and just from mm-hmm. spouting mm-hmm. out all these mm-hmm. terms yeah. that people who don't yeah. watch the nevers don't know <laughs> cool well we we've talked about amalia we're all gushing about this storyline and everything that happened in this episode we get to talk to amalia herself laura donnelly and horatio cousins zachary momo in this interview right now Welcome, welcome to the Touch Base again. We are joined by the amazing Laura Donnelly, who plays Amalia, and Zachary Momo, who plays Horatio, Dr. Cousins. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hi. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Very well. Thank you. How are you guys? 
Good. I'm happy to have you back, Laura, and so excited to have you for the first time. Zachary. Good to see you for the first time. We know that you guys just watched episode six pretty much right before this. Is that correct? Yeah, a couple of hours uh, ago. Where do we even start? Now we talk about everything. <laughs> oh, it's such a relief. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's been a long while. In two Absolutely. years of keeping secret. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That must be so crazy to watch your performances from two years ago on something that is just coming out now. Yeah, well, it was definitely like that with the first four episodes because they were shot a good while back. But we did most of five and all of six um, after the first lockdown. So that's a little bit more recent, feels a little bit, you know, more kind of what I remember anyway. Yeah, was that interesting, you know, after two years jumping back in to the characters? Yeah, I mean, it. it I, I was quite worried after our first one, because uh, we, we've had a few hiatuses. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Um, after the first one, that felt, I was a bit nervous about it, because I felt like I'd had all of this prep months of, from the moment that I knew that I was playing the character to when we started filming the, the first episode. You know, I'd had a, like a few months of build-up and a lot of stunt training and just loads of time to let it percolate. And so much of the work in acting, for me anyway, is just subconscious. You know, you just kind of drop a little bit deeper down into the world every day as you live with it and you think about it and it comes up just while you're walking around the place you know you're riding the tube and you're just thinking about that and so by the, by the time we found ourselves filming i really felt like i was in amalia's head and in the world of the mm -hmm. nevers and then when we had our first break it was for a few months and i was worried about coming back in and just not having what that felt like this that you know bedrock of of everything that i'd worked on but actually uh, in reality i think it came back pretty quickly it takes takes about a week to get used to being in the corset again in terms of like the psychology and everything i was surprised about about how quickly i could drop back in um i guess i should have known about that bike. actually Theater. yeah and in theater that happens all the time you know you go mm -hmm. you go you stop for a few months then you might transfer to the west end or broadway or whatever and you're back in that and um, and you do pick it up very quickly so yeah it is muscle memory for me it's kind of a um i start off i think with this as well i start off a bit slower i feel like and like as the episodes go on i kind of gain momentum and i find out more things and discover more things and and I mean, in true Nevers fashion, there was quite a few things that uh, I didn't know until we got the scripts for later episodes anyway. So it, I kind of felt like I was building Horatio uh, as well as having like kind of uh, defined, you know, Horatio before I started. It, it was really um, kind of building him as we went along. So like Laura says, as soon as we uh, got back into it, I had that same concern like, oh wait, hold on a second. I don't know Horatio anymore. We've had three, six months off. I have no idea. But as soon as we get back into the costume, uh, wonderful costumes and, you know, the set and just the dialogue and the richness of the whole world we're building, um, you kind of just have a lot to feed off and you instantly just kind of snap back into or snap into who to the character Get back into the corset, right? <laughs> Getting used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. My corset is a waistcoat. I asked them oh. to make it a couple edges. 
tighter, you know, because after lockdown, you know, somebody had a little too many yeah. Oreos, you know. So I had to <laughs> so just cinch it in a little. Yeah, I yep. want to have what yeah. Laura's having. Yeah. <laughs> I want my waist to look snatched like hers. Yeah. Snatched, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Laura, between Stripe, Amalia, Cover Amalia, and Molly, you've taken on a lot of different characterizations in the show. What was it like to be able to flex your different strengths and accents? And which was so your favorite? Good. Your American accent was so good. I thought it was fake. I thought it was a dub over your voice. It was so good. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's my American accent by way of Claudia's American accent. Um, uh, Claudia, who plays Stripe in, in the future, I, I yep. got to um, uh, I got tapes of her uh, of her doing the readings of all of my lines in those scenes, and then uh, learned to. Do it her way, but the challenge is that obviously is I want to make my voice sound like hers, and I want to make my accent the same as hers. But I want to give it my own truth because I can't expect Claudia in the the five minutes that she's got to quickly record my lines to give it all the thought, uh, you know, the character thought that has to go into those lines. Um, that's not her job, and so I've got to try and take what she does with it, and then still give it the, my own truth to it. And that, that's where the challenge, I think, lay. Um, most of all. Um, so we, we kind of touched on it a little bit before, the, the relationship between Horatio and Amalia and then the chemistry that we love so very much. So Zachary, I'm curious for you, why do you think Horatio decided to leave the asylum and join Amalia? And do you think he's more dedicated to her or her cause? I mean, the asylum, you know, is a fun job and whatnot, but it wasn't really his destiny calling, really. So, I mean, asylum, go, you know, <laughs> it's not really a hard toss-up. Um, no, I think quite a high percentage of the patients in the asylum were admitting what uh, had turns, uh, you know, touched. So to even have that, and you see him questioning these things, like, okay, why does he have this power? He's not a woman or, you know, insane, you know, because that was what was, there wasn't much knowledge about what was happening um, to everyone. Um, so to, to see himself be amongst them, it's it's a scary proposition. Um, and outside of just the fear of it, I think as much as Amalia at that time is very resistant to, to admit to herself, um, she is and was, it was and is a beacon of hope. Yeah, and I think what Amalia signified for him was uh, a sense of, okay, hope, this is not something to be feared, that there is a purpose for this. Um, this question is actually for both of you. Uh, Laura, we'll start with you. Um, so the episode ends with a lot of setup for the future. What are you hoping to see in part two? I daren't hope. I just like what whatever they they throw at me. I want to do it. Um, you know, to me anyway, the the first six episodes I feel like just gave us um, the 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 bare bones of what are so many interesting characters and threads connecting them all and uh, their relationships with each other. 
so that's but you know because we've built this world now and that's really what what needed to be done in these first six was just like setting the stage almost so so now what i'm really looking forward to is getting to really um dive a lot deeper into those into into who all of these individuals are and with with so many characters and with just six episodes it's like we we've not there are so many people we still don't know so much about and i i just i'm really looking forward to even just me laura i'm looking forward to finding out a lot more about um so many of the other characters that we've just kind of only at this stage been introduced to uh, one thing the show is doing great as is is showing um kind of representing different people from different walks of life um and i think in the next season uh i'm looking forward to see seeing like laura says seeing them dive more into the backstories you know of um these different races and different um genders you know and going into the nuances of that um i think this this series as much as so much has been happening they've you know cleverly found a way to to give us a little taste of that you know um and i think you know the next um the next part you know is is going to be fun to watch you know furthermore of the uh the agency and the, the backgrounds into you know the characters like bonfire annie to, to horatio to uh, even kieran's character you know and harriet really looking into those and um nimbles and and looking into mm-hmm. where they come from you know um what their day-to-day looks like and and how also they drive the story well let's uh, let's end things on on a fun little question that i have for both of you so knowing that amalia is actually from the future this question is for both laura and zachary if you guys could go to a different era, where would you go and why? And Zachary, let's start with you. I would say I'd like to go back to the beginning, the, like the Adamic era. So, and just like kind of go to Adam and Eve and like drop the apple so we can actually <laughs> see what paradise, you know, you know, so we can all just like actually chill in paradise and be what it like. Because uh, funny enough, um, Mary's song, reminded me of that um you know um just the idea of taking away all the pain you know so i imagine like because the adamic era was like you know there was no pain no shame no guilt no nothing so i imagine what it's like to just everybody walking around but naked just being like hey this is hey. cool hey Jerry. entire course of humanity hey this is you just going back to talking about Jesus again. And uh, go back I, to the beginning. Yep. Yep. This is before Jesus. So true. Nerve, Zachary. I'm I'm I really admire it. It's like I'm i I'm gonna go back right. and change the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just wanna chill. I mean, we could all just chill, yes. like, you know. Like, yeah. forget the war, forget the like, peace. Let's just actually just yeah. kick back. I love that a idea. hammock in between two trees. Yeah. <laughs> Eat all the forbidden fruit. Yeah, just... <laughs> I think I'd quite like to be somewhere around 1969 because I've, I think I was just, um, I was just made for the entire culture that was going on at that time. The music, mm-hmm. the yeah. people's attitude to living, just the the kind of um 
yeah the general way of being at that point just kind of rings true to to me i think i'd have a great time in around about 1969 i think i'd be having a lot of fun i know exactly oh, what you're yeah. talking about and i identify with that yes 100 <laughs> <laughs> <Yep. laughs> two very different answers but we respect them both <laughs> awesome well thank you guys so so much for joining us today we're so excited to see what's next for amalia and horatio and we really appreciate you being here and for chatting with us yes thank you guys thank you. so much Thank you so much to Laura and Zachary for that interview. It's so much fun talking with them. If we had a whole episode dedicated to talking with them, we would absolutely jump on it. So hopefully we'll get to chat with them in the future. Now, ladies, let's wrap things up. What do you guys feel about learning the big truth? Good question. Um, I feel like I learned a lot of my questions were answered and there is definitely um, a satisfaction there like this episode did not disappoint but there are also some new questions that have obviously risen up and now i have a whole new hunger for those questions um mm. so but yes this was a, an absolutely satisfying um episode six and absolutely and i think you know, from what we've talked about, we've we've had some different ideas and different, you know, theories and thoughts on what we think it could be. And this makes sense. I will say it makes sense. I understand it. I was shocked by some of it, but mm -hmm. I'm on board. 100%. How about you, Charlotte? What do you think? Yeah, I'm with Jessica. I think it tracks. Uh, like, I yes, I was taken for a loop. And I was like, <laughs> hold on, I need to sit down. And then once I did sit down and collect my thoughts... Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this checks out because I feel like I had a handle on what the show was. Yeah. And now I did realize I didn't. And I want to say I do now, but I really don't. And so like, <laughs> is that the best, though? yeah, no, it's it's like I really enjoyed like the vibe with like the Victorian England. And I felt like that was a unique take. But like, you know, at heart, I'm a sci fi girl. And so like to see all this introduction of it just like widens the scope to a, to an extent that I'm I'm very excited to see what uh the next installment of season mm -hmm. 1 brings because like the <laughs> it's like the playing field has been like the fog has lifted and it's shown yes. that there is so much more room it's a good way to and, say it mm -hmm. and potential for for what this world can have in it mm -hmm. like if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't think so it was confined it... before, which I think it would be a testament to how open it feels now. Yeah. So that's how we feel about the truth. How do you think everyone in the show is going to react to learning the truth about Man. everything that's been going on, the touched, the galanthy, all of it? <sighs> I mean, in my mind, I feel like this is like too much to comprehend. It's it. it yes and but at the same time like at the at the end of this episode amalia straight up tells penance you know like the the fight is coming soon so it's kind of like whether you i'm going to tell you the truth whether you believe in it or not and you want to prepare for it or not it's coming so i hope you get on board yep you know it's gonna happen one way or another or maybe not i don't know or maybe zephyr stops it i have no idea but you know in for a ride so intense yeah 
So another question I have is at the end of the episode, we see Amalia have this massive rippling of all these visions. Uh, what do you guys think that meant? Do you think it's going to be important moving forward in the story? Or do you think it's just to give context, perhaps, about everything she's been through? So I think, and this is this is probably wrong because... <clears throat> Uh, you know, I'm just completely probably off base. I can't help but think that she just got done having a very emotional moment with the Galanthi and talking to them, talking about why me, you know, I have a broken brain, like why me? And then, um, you know, she falls backwards and then the, the rippling happens and she does see kind of like her, her past lives all come together. I can't help but think that that was the Galanthi's way of communicating with her and letting her know, don't worry, I... I basically I got your back. Um, just keep going. You've seen, you've been through all of this. I'm going to make sure that you do keep going, in whatever way that means. And that mm -hmm. um, I just I'm I'm supporting you. I got I got you. Just keep going, keep going forward. You know, for sure. That that's my thought. I, it's <laughs> I could be completely wrong. <laughs> so I think I think guidance. I feel like yeah. there was like some concrete stuff. Amalia because like when Penance comes back and says how was your thing she's like pretty good actually like yes is the energy I'm getting so yeah. I'm like okay yeah. so I think it gave her some it gave her something to step off of right like she yeah. has like a good starting point that mm -hmm. she did not before yep maybe so. get like kind of reminded her of what the mission actually is yeah. and what she's fighting for yeah. yeah yeah I mean I don't even remember everything I saw <laughs> Like <laughs> I could have paused probably. it and like checked it out, but I, as I understand it, I feel like the whole thing was to be like, just bombard you with stuff. Yeah. And I'll just keep that dormant somewhere in the back of my head uh, <laughs> Until she for when it, those yeah. episodes <laughs> start dropping. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> I'm wondering though, if it's all like things that are going to happen. Cause there was like the scene of like Dr. Haig, like drilling into her head. And I was like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Would love to avoid that. Cause she hasn't ever really challenged the ripplings before. Yeah. She's true. just kind she of, it's like an inevitability. Find her way there or, or put herself in a situation where she will yeah. end up there because she thinks it's what she has to do. Yeah. Right. So what happens if she actively pushes against that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mm -hmm. have no And final idea. question before we completely wrap up. Do you think she's going to start going by Zephyr? And do you want her to? I, for one, am undecided because Amalia is such a beautiful name, but Zephyr is so badass. Zephyr's cool. I... Zephmalia, probably. <laughs> I personally want her to go by Amalia because, to, to for for what we know, we Zephyr has passed, so mm -hmm. to say. She is now taken over a new body and just a new persona identity and is now amalia and i personally would love for her to stay on that that train <laughs> well we actually get an in-depth look at her past or should we say future in this clip that we're going to throw it to from the behind the scenes video creating the nevers telling time so let's check that out We have a wonderfully flawed heroine in Amalia and letting her be flawed is one of the things I think makes this show so powerful and so innovative and so unusual. You said you were my friend. I'm sorry, I didn't have a choice. We've had a lot of anti-heroes. We've had a lot of really flawed heroes, a lot of heroes who are dealing with trauma, but they often aren't dealing with the really unattractive aspects of trauma. And we let Amalia go there at times. <laughs> 
I'm not good. I've got issues you literally don't have names for yet. You know what's coming and you care. I did my time. And I think that's really important. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed that clip. If you want to check out the full video, you could watch it on HBO Max. Well, there, again, is so much to unpack from these first six episodes of The Never. Season one is split up into two parts and is a total of 12 episodes. But because, of course, this little thing called the pandemic, there has been some delays and the producers felt like there was a natural break after the first six episodes. And so they decided to split it into two halves, which is why we're just covering the first six episodes right now. Uh, but it does really feel like such a wild and exciting place to break. I think we could all agree on that. Mm -hmm. So part two, six episodes will follow at a later date. They will be announced in the future. Also some exciting news. Uh, Philippa Gosselet will be the showrunner for the second half. So we're very excited to see what they do. Ooh, just gives me something to look forward to. Can't wait. <laughs> I know. That's cool. And I feel, I do feel satisfied going into the second half as well. Like, I'm very excited to know what's going to happen next, but I'm also not sitting here just like dying. You know what I mean? I know. Waiting for answers. If we didn't have that sixth episode until like, if we had to wait for that one, I would have been just chomping at the bit. But the fact that we got that sixth episode that answers so many questions mm -hmm. we've had for these first, first half of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really happy, but it also makes me want more at the same time. True. Yeah. Well, it kind of reframes the first five episodes. So I'm like. Yeah. Oh my God. Do I need, should I watch it again and get gotta go back in context? It. Like it does, it really does change so much about her character with, yeah. well, without changing it, like by lending some like clarity, like I said. I'm like, oh, okay. I get it, yeah. I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Thank you for watching and listening to The Touch Base, HBO's official podcast for The Nevers. We will see you next time. Please also subscribe to HBO's YouTube channel, follow The Nevers on Instagram and Facebook, comment with your favorite moments from the sixth episode and even the entire season. I want to hear them all. Please stream The Nevers and The Touch Base on HBO Max with all episodes available now. And also stay tuned for the next half of season one of The Nevers.